Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Ron Corning. Welcome to Horse Sense Street Smart Investing, the podcast. And here's a topic to get your attention. Invest your money based on your politics or not. Really, that's the question. Alan Ebright is here. He is uh, with the marketing department at Hodges Capital Management. I don't know. Every time we do one of these podcasts, we lose somebody. It's down to you and me, Alan. What's happening? <laughs> hey, it's all good. Happy to be here. Yeah, they're they're busy, uh, busy investing. The Hodges brothers will be joining us um, in future podcasts. They're not here today, but Alan and I, again, holding down the fort and addressing, I think, what is really an important topic because people will say things, Alan, like, well, I vote my pocketbook. And in that is this notion that based on your party politics, you'll get some sort of outcome with your money. Is that true? Yeah, I, it, it's a very interesting discussion. But what I tell people basically is, is don't bring your politics into your investment portfolio. That goes for Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever your political affiliation is. Um, I'll give you a little, a little story here just on how much this resonates with people. So we're in a hundred year event, the pandemic we had. Mm-hmm. And I think I fielded more calls from August of last year through November, more concerned about the election than the effects of the pandemic on the market. And in what respect, what were people, what were their concerns hinged on exactly? It's a good question. So I've really noticed it uh, over the last two election cycles. So it started with with Trump versus Hillary and it really continued with, with Biden versus Trump. And it, it seemed to be in folks' mind that there was this going to be this binary event. If Hillary won, the market tanks. If Trump won, the market tanks. And we heard that again in 2020. And, and I think Trump even said something to the effect like, if you want your 401k to keep going up in value, you've got to vote for me. I think it's kind of, in a way, shame on certain politicians to say things like that because it does bring out a lot of emotions in in the typical investor. And the last thing you want people to do is make a mistake based just off, uh, you know, kind of the political climate. Well, I want to break this down step by step and sort of, so here's the scenario we'll say. Um, we know that no one president controls every single policy of an era, right? Correct. Congress is involved with that. For example, this stimulus bill, this this infrastructure bill, I should say, whether it passes or not, really is contingent on what Congress does with it, not who's in office necessarily. Now, President Biden may have presented it, but it's really in, in their hands. Isn't the challenge when it comes to your money and politics is making sure that you align your portfolio with those companies that might be thriving under certain policies that may or may not be driven by the president, him or herself. Uh, sure, there's there's some of that uh, that exists, absolutely. And to your first point about, sure, there's a president that's elected, but to get laws passed, you have to look to both the House and the Senate. Right. And when you look deeper inside the House and the Senate, you've got people that are hardliners for their respective party and people that are moderate for their respective party. And and what's in full view of everybody right now are the two moderate senators. You've got Kirsten Sinema from Arizona, the Democratic senator, and you've got uh, Manchin from West Virginia, and he's a moderate Democratic senator. The interesting part about that is when you look even a layer deeper at the state-level legislatures of Arizona 
it is a Republican supermajority. So they have a Republican governor and their own state legislature is Republican. Mm -hmm. And the same goes on in West Virginia. So those two politicians have to be very careful with with big pieces of legislation and how they vote. And you're seeing it right now. They're talking about it every day. And um, that's just kind of the the uh, the how the tide changes with politics. Well, there's some reason to believe that because President Biden is very much very much um, about clean energy because he very much believes in climate change, that companies then that are in that business, right, in the clean energy business are going to do better on his watch. But there's no guarantee of that, is there? There is no guarantee. You know, if some if some piece of legislation were passed or there were some subsidy or, um, you know, tax advantage aimed at a certain industry for purchasing their products, sure, that you could catch a little tailwind there. Um, but, you know, more, more to the point, though, is to to do an analysis of companies, right? You have to look at politics a little bit, but right. you, you, companies are living, breathing things. And whether it's a Democrat that gets elected or a Republican that gets, that gets elected, you have to look at what the company is doing. Well, I was going to say that's a really good point because let's hypothetically say there's some sweeping legislation that lends itself to more clean energy companies uh, being able to have a footprint in this country, that doesn't mean every clean energy company will be created equal. That doesn't mean at the helm of clean energy company A is going to be a great CEO to see that company through to great success when company B may be the better company. And doesn't that bring us back to one of our former podcasts that when an analyst or a researcher under this roof begins looking at the fundamentals of any number of companies in the same sector, that's where you begin to hone in on who may be a winner and who may not. Absolutely. I mean, you, you pretty much summed it up right there. There's going to be the, the overall backdrop of what's driving the entire industry. Mm -hmm. And so there's 10, 15 companies, 20 companies in that industry. Then you have to pick through and figure out which segment of that backdrop that they're capitalizing from. And then you talk to management. You figure out, are these credible people? Does management have actual ownership stake in the company? If so, how much? These are the things where our analysts do these deeper dives into the fundamental of companies to help us choose stocks. Well, we also look at history for some idea of how things might play out in the future. And if you look historically, there really is no one party that has had more or less success in the markets over decades, right? You look at the crash in 08 that happened on President Bush's watch. The recovery happened under the Obama administration. You could look back even further to say the collapse in 08 was set up by policies that were passed during the, the Clinton era. And I only say that to say, couldn't it be that the effects of our politics on our economy is a lagged event. It may not happen for a while. It, that's a very fair statement. And when I talk with, with people who tend to, to get worried about politics and the effects on the market or the effects on their portfolio, doing a little review like you just did with me, historical review is great. So, I mean, you had Ronald Reagan's second term, 84 to 88. We had the 87 market meltdown on his watch. Um, you get into the early 90s, you had kind of a small recession. That was Bush, then came Clinton, 
The tail end of Clinton was the dot-com years, 98, 99, 2000, incredible years in the market. And then we went through, you know, a two or three year downturn after that. Um, so to, to make your overall investment thesis on, is it a good time to get in or out of the market based on who's going to become president is, is not a wise decision. Well, literally what the conversation that we just had leaves me with the impression that you absolutely cannot hinge your investments on any particular politician, political party, or, and you touched on this earlier, what they promise while on the campaign trail. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely one of my favorites. You have to remember, the politician's first job is to get elected, and their second job is to get reelected. So to get elected, they're going to tell their constituents pretty much everything mm -hmm. that they want to hear to get their vote. And yet there's still speculative investing, right? There are companies right now that probably are riding high via their stock price and appear to be riding high because of their stock price because people are speculating, not to keep using the same example, but it's a, it's a valid one, speculating that EVs and clean energy are the future. Therefore, they're pouring a lot of money into it. What if legislation for that reaches an impasse? What if it doesn't happen? Are these companies, some of them at risk of not being as valuable as they appear right now? And is that what you all root out here on a daily basis? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's another good question. And, you know, we saw that if we go back to uh, 05, 06, 07, a lot of the clean energy companies were heavily subsidized uh, by governments, either state or federal. And you can't base an investment decision on continued subsidies. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know what's going to happen out there. And if the subsidy gets pulled and the company doesn't have the, the, maybe the access to get fresh capital from the capital markets, or they're not generating, you know, positive cash flow to sustain themselves, mm -hmm. that is a situation that you do not want to be in as an investor. All right. So people who said last summer and into the fall, if Biden is elected president, the market's will crash. I heard that from more than one person. Here we are now, um, and the markets have seen a couple of down days, but are trending up and up and mm -hmm. up. We don't know for how long it will last. We don't know what the next correction will look like, but they clearly did not crash. You would say what to them? Yeah. I mean, it, that's a very astute observation. And the reason why is, is we're pretty much at political gridlock. Even though we've got a Democrat president, we've got a Democratic House, and we've got uh, you know a 50-50 vote in the Senate with with Vice President Harrison or Harris being the tiebreaker, it's still a pretty divided camp. Going back to what I said about those moderates, the market loves political gridlock, and the reason is is they can't get to any consensus, and the last thing the market needs is any curveballs of new legislation thrown its way. What about people who seem to be so connected to their political values, their values are so tied to their party affiliation, and they're invested in things that they don't even realize maybe run counter to what some of those values are, and they retire pretty happy because that portfolio looks pretty good. Um, they, do they care? Do they care that they've made money on something that they said they didn't stand for? That, boy, that, you get a whole different... <laughs> you do you get a whole lot of answers from that. Um, yes, there are some people that are unaware 
of maybe the the management makeup of some of the stocks they own or maybe the the charities that some of the companies donate money to and then you have the other end of the spectrum where some people are very tuned into that and really do care about that and we have seen that that ESG investing theme uh, become more and more popular each year, environmental, social, and governance. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually going to do a separate podcast about that in future episodes. So in other words, somebody who is so strongly, well, for example, I have I have friends who who don't eat meat um, for the for ethical reasons. And I know for a fact would want to know, am I investing in this mutual fund in anything that's related at all to the production of meat? And if the answer is yes, they perhaps don't. How often are advisors met with those kinds of questions and convictions from an investor who says, I don't want in that because it doesn't align with my values? Um, The answer is, it just depends. And one of the things we do with new clients here is we ask them that question. You do? Yeah, absolutely. You say, is there anything you absolutely don't want to be a part of. That's correct. Because the typical, the ones that have been around for a long, long time are called the quote unquote sin stocks, Mm -hmm. drinking, smoking, and gambling. Some people say, I don't do any of those. Do not invest a dollar of my money in casino stocks, anything to do with cigarettes, vaping now, or alcohol consumption. So alcohol producers, um, you know, if you want to go another layer, maybe there are some very uh, environmentally friendly people that don't want to own oil companies. This is all based on your, a a person's personal, uh, philosophies and that's fine. And we can address that and we can exclude certain things in our, uh, separately managed accounts for those types. And there are people, and I'm not calling them hypocrites, but it's contradictory in nature. Let's put it that way, where they might say, my family comes from a long line of oil producers. I believe in oil and their advisor says, well, there's a shift and the shift is going the way of clean energy. And I think we should put some of your money there. And they say, okay, well, if that's where you can make me some money, that's all good. You have that too, do you not? You do. You've got people when, when that are very grounded in their beliefs mm-hmm. and they say, no, thank you. I'm going to stick to not investing in things like this. And then there are other people where you put money into the equation and sometimes they go, well, okay, maybe <laughs> that would be okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's okay. Yeah. Where they see that statement and they go, well, on second thought, I said I didn't like that, but that looks pretty good yep. on paper. What a fascinating discussion about politics and your money. And the takeaway is um, not often are the two correlated. So think about that as you move forward and listen to all that rhetoric because they certainly love to talk about politics and the economy and your money when it comes to cable news. Alan Ebright, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. And thank you for watching, everybody. We will see you next time here on Horse Sense Street Smart Investing. Hodges Capital Management Incorporated, HCM, is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC is a wholly owned subsidiary of Hodges Capital Holdings and serves as investment advisor to the Hodges Funds. HCM is affiliated with First Dallas Securities Incorporated, a broker, dealer, and investment advisor registered with the SEC. This discussion is not intended to be a forecast of future events and should not be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing involves risk. Principal loss is possible. 
Investing in smaller companies involves additional risk, such as limited liquidity and greater volatility. No current or prospective client should assume that information referenced in this communication is a recommendation to buy or sell any security or is a substitute for personalized investment advice from your individual advisor. HCM does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor for any related questions. All information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable and is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. This material was created for informational purposes only, and the opinions expressed are solely those of HCM. HCM shall not in any way be liable for claims and makes no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced and are subject to change without notice.